Exodus chapter 12 tonight. If you can stand for the reading of the word, we appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this great opportunity one more time to deliver your message. God, I ask you to anoint your servant tonight. Speak to our hearts. Move in a special way. Bless Victory Temple tonight, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Exodus 12 and verse number 1 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt and saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take of it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts upon the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. I like that word, strike it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Eat it not raw. Don't eat that lamb raw. Why would God even say something like that? Because he's dealing with fallen humanity. That's why. Think about it. Fallen humanity will do terrible things. That's what idol worshipers did. They ate it raw. He said, eat it not raw, nor sodden it all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. You shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Look at this last verse. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. You can be seated. Amen. Just, just for a sake of a title tonight, and there's a lot of preaching in this, and I know it's Wednesday night, so I won't keep you too long. Amen. But the question is tonight, out of verse number four, how big is a lamb in your house? Think about it. Think about it. How big is the lamb in your house? Out this morning I was up pretty early and I'm reading these scriptures here and I'm meditating on them a little bit and that verse number 12, just go through these scriptures for a moment here. God said, I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt this night. I'm going to smite all the firstborn, both upon man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. That hit me. 
I'm going to execute judgment upon all the gods of Egypt. Amen. You see, God's about to deliver the last plague of judgment upon Egypt. Then went through the nine plagues and now we're fixing the deal. He's fixing to deal the, the tenth plague here. But you see, this tenth plague is not only going to affect Egypt, it's going to affect Israel as well. Amen. Not only is he going to deal with Egypt, he's going to deal with Israel at this time. And, and, and that point we can bring out there is that's why they got to have the blood over the doorpost of their house there. Amen. But God said, I'm going to execute judgment upon the gods of Egypt. Amen. I, 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 want, to, I, I want to let somebody know tonight that the God you serve is still on the throne. Amen. I said, the God that we serve is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and I, I looked and I read some things. According to Jewish history, that, that particular night, that when God went through the land of Egypt, he did destroy the gods of Egypt. Amen. Whether they were made out of wood or whether they were made out of stone or metal, whatever, God had pulverized them. Amen. He was showing Pharaoh that he is God. Amen. My, my wife showed me a video this afternoon. We was traveling uh, about a carnival, about a parade that took place in Brazil back in February. And, and it was a parade. It's some big parade they do in Brazil. And, and one part of that parade, there was a group of people that were demonic. They were demonic, demon worshipers is what they were. And they made their floats uh, in a mockery to Jesus. Amen. They made a float. You look it up. They made their floats. And matter of fact, one of the floats they had a picture of Jesus hanging from there on that float there and they had another Jesus walking through the streets and had a devil with a pitchfork and he was he was progging Jesus there in mockery unto him but do you know what happened the next day church you you can look it up the city was it was saturated with a flood a great flood came through that place and many lost their lives they had to cancel the event for that week. You know what that tells me? That God will execute judgment upon those that are mocking him. Amen. I don't know who. I just feel like preaching tonight. You, 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 you let them hear. You let them blaspheme God. They're going to pay a price for I'm not being a, a man of judgment here tonight, but I'm telling you, God will not be mocked. He won't be mocked. I'm riding down the road and I'm getting angry. Amen. You don't mock Christ and not get away with it, Brother Marvin. Oh, they may think they're getting away with it. The liberal punch out there may think they're getting away by mocking God. Even in America, I'm telling you, he will execute judgment upon the gods of America. It's going to happen, church. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And God's going to raise up a church that's going to preach the truth. He's going to raise up a church that's going to live the life. Oh, I believe that. Hallelujah. But listen. He, God's going to see it through. You're serving, the, you're serving the living God here tonight. Amen. But the Lord is telling Israel, it's time to shelter in place. Amen. He said, I, I've done sent nine plagues. He said, this last plague here, it's time for you to shelter in place. Amen. 
You, you look at this story here. He's a, it's about to be a separation. He said in Exodus 11 and 7, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Amen. He's fixing to draw a line in the sand, church. Oh, hallelujah. But I like what he done. The process that, that he went through with Israel, telling them, this is what you got to do. Amen. He told them three things. I'm going to bring that out real quick here. Amen. This is how Israel is going to start the process. Uh, You're coming out of Egypt, Israel. You're coming out of it. I'm going to bring you out. Hallelujah. But you got to do this. Listen, the first thing he told them, he says you're going to live by a new calendar. Hang on. Verse number two says in that text there, it says this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. He's saying, Israel, you're fixing to put a new calendar on the wall. You know what he was saying there? He said, you're not going to live by Egypt's calendar anymore. That's what he's saying. He said, this is going to be the first month of the year for you. I mean, this, this is a type of deliverance. He said, you're going to tear down that old calendar and you're going to put a new one on the wall I, I remember working at the Port of Beaumont my first year there they gave me a calendar for Christmas I said I can't buy a turkey with this second year they gave me a bottle of whiskey I think I heard that story I threw it down the commode the men got mad at me because I didn't give it to them Amen. but oh listen he said you're going to live by a new calendar Amen. You're not, Pharaoh's not going to tell you what to do anymore. Amen. He's not going to, you see, Pharaoh told him when to get up. Pharaoh told him when to go to bed. Pharaoh told him how to, how to work. Oh, but he said, today, you're going to put up a new calendar. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going to live by my calendar. You know what, church? When I got saved, I changed calendars. Hallelujah. I don't live by Egypt's calendar. I don't live by this world's tradition. Amen. I live by God's calendar. What he tells me to do. How I many remember when you got saved, you changed the calendars? On the wall. Hallelujah. You change the calendars. Amen. Oh, I remember those old. We don't have calendars like that anymore. You know, you put them on the wall and you'd mark them off. One thing good about the Port of Beaumont calendar, it had all the holidays I was off on it. Amen. But he says, you're going to live by a new calendar. Amen. Oh, a, a new life. That's what it was. Hallelujah. The years we spent before we turned to the Lord are not worth counting. But all oh, the best that can happen to them is bury them out of sight. But oh, I don't live by Egypt's calendar anymore. Oh, Egypt, the world don't tell me what to do. Egypt don't tell me when to go to church. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know, some folks, they live by Egypt's calendar. They can't come to church half the time. Come on, amen. Oh, I said they can't. You know why they live by Egypt's calendar? calendar oh I can stay there a while you might get mad at me though we ain't supposed to preach that way on Wednesday night amen listen Egypt don't control us folks Pharaoh don't control us we live by God we live by his his book here hallelujah amen when my life when I got saved that's when life began you don't experience life until you experience a sweet salvation but here comes the death angel 
He said, Israel, you're going to live by a new calendar. And also, he said, you're going to live by a new commandment. He said, what did God say? He said, get a lamb for a house. He said, you get a lamb for a house. This is the point I really want to bring out for a moment. He said, you take that blood and you put it over the top of the doorpost and on the side. You see, that's a type of redemption. That's a type of Christ shedding his blood. That lamb is a type of Christ, if, if you don't know anything about that. Uh, and this, it's all pointing toward redemption, toward salvation, toward Calvary. Amen. But he said, you're going to put blood over there. He said, and all oh, when the death angel comes by, uh, hallelujah, that's the only way uh, you will escape the judgment that day. Uh, amen. That is, that's what I was telling you earlier. This, this, this judgment that's about to hit them, uh, it's for everybody. Uh, oh, hallelujah. But those that have the blood applied over that doorpost, the death angel is going to pass over them. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. I want to tell you, church, we need to stay under the blood tonight. We need to stay washed in the blood in this hour. God help me. The only protection we've got is covered by that blood. Amen. I don't know if you understand. I'm telling you, when that rapture takes place, the only one that's getting out of here, those that have been washed in the blood, Hallelujah. God help us tonight. Help me to stay washed in that precious blood. Put the blood over the doorpost. That'll be your only escape. I believe some of them probably told Moses. You don't know what you're talking about, Moses. Amen. Some probably didn't take Moses seriously. So they didn't apply the blood to the doorpost. You ever seen that? You got people in the church that don't take the man of God seriously. Amen. They show up every Sunday morning. They show up every Sunday morning and give some homage to some God and think they've done something for God. It don't work that way. Are they really washed in the blood? Are they really covered in the blood? Hallelujah. Amen. There were those that did not take Moses seriously. Can you imagine? Amen. Oh, put the blood over the doorpost. The man of God's telling you, God told me to tell you, you sacrifice that lamb. Put the blood over that doorpost. But oh, I can't explain it. I just know he told me to do it. And if you don't do it, you're gonna, something's going to hit your home. The death angel is coming to your house. Amen. Can you imagine in the next day the cry and the weeping of those that did not hear what the man of God said that lost their firstborn. Oh, God help us. I can imagine hearing the screaming. I wish I'd have took him seriously. I wish I'd have took the man of God seriously. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hear me tonight, church. You're not going if you're not covered by the blood. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Amen. He said, listen, put it over that doorpost. And he said, until the morning. That next down in that chapter, he said, until the morning, you stay behind that door. Did you hear that? Until the morning, you stay behind the door. Then when morning comes, you can leave. Amen. You know what that morning is? That's the rapture, church. You stay behind the blood until Jesus comes back. Amen. If I was any of you tonight, I'd keep my hand off the door right now where the blood's at because some try to get so close some try to live so close to the world and so close to the church am I preaching the truth I want to see what's going on out there amen I, you know what if I 
was in that day and I had children, Sister Laura. And Benjamin was little. I'd take him. I'd say, boy, you see this door right here? You see that blood over that door? Don't even come near it. You get yourself in that back room right now. That's what I tell mine. If I knew a death angel was coming, boy, don't you get near the door. Brother Chad, I tell him that. Amen. Why, Daddy? Because there's, there's judgment coming tonight. Amen. I don't understand it all, son. But God told me to put blood over the doorpost. And you're the firstborn. You better get back in that back room somewheres and stay away from it. Hallelujah. How many, Brother Chad, have walked past the blood? They've opened up the door and they've went out. Hallelujah. You're walking on dangerous grounds when you do that, church. I said you're walking on dangerous ground. How many has done it, Sister Carolyn? Amen. I see preachers doing it today. They're walking outside the door. They're taking their family outside the door. But I want to tell them there's a death angel coming. God spare them. God deal with them in this hour. Oh, God help me. They don't fire me now. Amen. People play games with God. They play games with him. Amen. I want to be away from that. I want to get as far as I can. Amen. But listen to me. He said, you take that blood and you put it on the doorpost. He didn't stop there. He said, then you eat the lamb. You eat the lamb. He said, eat him. He said, don't you eat him raw? He said, don't you boil him? You roast him. There's a lot of significance in that, and I ain't got time to preach on all that. That roasting symbolizes the judgment of fire upon sin on Christ. Amen. You see that boiling process. If you boil meat, it loses identity. It draws the ingredients into it when you boil it. Amen. God said, don't boil that lamb. You know what that's saying? Christ ain't going to have none of this world in him. You're, gonna, you're not going to disfigure him, brother. You see, when you boil meat, you disfigure it. It, it, it loses its identity. When you boil, I know I bought ribs and we bought other things before. It loses its identity. That's what Jesus is saying. You can go, you better not boil that because I'm not going to lose my identity. Hallelujah. I'm going to be Christ. No matter what happens, when I go to Calvary, I'll still be Christ. But you got to eat of that lamb. You got to eat of him, church. Putting the blood over the doorpost is our salvation. But eating of the lamb is is our sanctification. That's how we grow, brother. You got to eat of the lamb. Amen. Oh, we preach your grace today. Just get saved and that's it. I'm telling that's not it. Amen. Thank God you're saved. But he wants you to partake of Christ. He wants you to eat of Christ. That's the only way you can grow. It don't stop at Calvary. You got to keep going. Hallelujah. You got to eat the word. You got to go to church. You need to pray, church. My, let me eat that Christ that I can grow. God help us. See, we stop at salvation. People never grow because they never eat the lamb. You can't stop there. And he said, you get a new calendar, new commandment, and a new commission. He said, if the lamb's too big for your house, tell your neighbor to come over and join you.
If the lamb is too big for your house, hey, buddy, he just said the lamb's too little because the lamb's always enough. Woo, hallelujah. He, he didn't say if it's too little, go get another lamb because there's only one lamb, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> one name under heaven whereby we must be saved, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, that's what I've learned in traveling in 32 years. Amen, pastor, some travel a lot of it. I'm just telling you, he is the answer. Oh, glory to God. You can preach Christ everywhere. Amen, some of the stuff they're preaching today, you can't preach it everywhere. But you can preach Jesus. You can preach Christ. Amen, why? Because because it's about him. He's the lamb. Amen. Oh, he didn't say go get another lamb. I'm telling you, church, we got a lot of ecumenism coming on. God, all oh, this one saved, that one saved. If they don't have the blood, they're not saved, church. If they're not washed by the blood, if they don't proclaim Christ, they're not saved. They're not saved. Amen. God help us. He said, you, you, if the lamb is too big, you invite your neighbor over. Hey, man, that lamb, that lamb is going to be too big, I promise you. He gave him a new commission. He said, you live by this. Live by this. When the lamb really becomes more important to you than anything else, you will want to tell somebody about him. Amen? Now, I know you're not going to act like some people. Now, there's nobody like my mama. She wasn't afraid to tell there ain't nobody like Sister T either. She, she ain't afraid to tell people. I'm a little more shy than her. Amen. Believe it or not, you're probably saying, no, you ain't. Yes, I am too. You can ask my wife. I am. <laughs> She's not shy. She's kind of like Sister Lord. She ain't shy. Amen. <laughs> but listen, if you got enough of Christ to you, that, that lamb becomes, how big is a lamb in your house? He must be the most important one in the house. And I don't, I'm not talking, I'm talking about in this house. And I take him home. If the lamb's more important to me than anything else, I'm not going to do anything in that house that offends my Christ. Woo, sweet preaching right there. I'm not going to do anything that offends my Jesus. Not just in the church house. I was preaching up in Oklahoma. Oh, a few days ago. And I, we had a good revival there that after service, that pastor asked me, you, know, you see that couple like that? I said, yeah, I remember. They come to the altar and everything. He said, he used to go to the Baptist church. Now, if you Baptists, don't get upset with me. I'm just telling you the story. <laughs> I know Brother Jacob don't do like I do, but I'm an evangelist. So, <laughs> amen. When he evangelizes, he does too, don't worry. But not, but not, like, not like me. But anyway, he said, he said, he used to go to the Baptist. I said, what happened? I said, he want more truth? <laughs> no, he said, he said they had a party, a, a gathering over at the youth pastor's house, and they just having fun. He said he went to the refrigerator, opened up the refrigerator, and there was a six-pack of beer there. He closed that. He went to the youth pastor. He said, hey, man, he said, uh, uh, what, you're the youth pastor. What you doing with beer in your, in your refrigerator? Uh-oh, I feel a vibe now. Woo! He said, let me tell you something, son. What goes on here is nothing diff you know, it's different than what goes on in that house at the church. That young man said, no, sir. He went straight to the pastor. He went straight to the pastor. And the pastor told him the exact same thing. He said, what goes on in the house is, is all right. Whatever goes different than goes on in the church house. That's why you end up leaving that church. 
Amen. He ended up at the Assembly of God Church of Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you know what? If that had been me, I'd ask that pastor, at the Assembly of God Church, you got six-pack in your refrigerator too? I'd have asked him. Yeah, he, if he, he'd have had it, I'd have left. <laughs> Amen. What are, you, what are you saying that for, preacher? How big is a lamb in your house? I, oh, Brother Timothy. <laughs> Amen. How big is he? He's got to be the most important thing in your life. If he's too big, share him. Go invite somebody. I know not every day you're going to have the, the joy, amen. I, I mean, I know the joy of the Lord is our strength, and some days we go through trials. Oh, but God, how big is that lamb in our house? Help me, Lord, to have him. He means everything. The preeminence in my life. The preeminence in my home. Oh, hallelujah. If he's too big, bring your neighbor over. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, church, we've got some empty pews here. Oh, I said we've got some empty pews in this church. I think we ought to be sharing the lamb. Somebody say man. I know you may not do it every day, but oh, there's got to be a burden in you when he becomes your everything. You've got to share that lamb. You've got to share him with somebody. That's why some go in the streets. Some go in the neighborhoods. Bring the children in. What is it? I want to share the lamb. That's what Christ is. Hallelujah. How big is the lamb in your house? God help us. Listen to this. John 1.41, Andrew said, this is the disciple Andrew said, he first found his own brother Simon. He said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Philip found Nathanael said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Come and see. Come and see. Hallelujah. This is what these men did. Oh, can I tell you, the lamb is the central figure all through this book right here in the Old Testament, the sacrifice and the lamb. In the New Testament, the Gospels, we've got the lamb who is Jesus. The word lamb is mentioned 26 times in the book of Revelation. When you get to heaven... It's going to be the Lamb of God sitting on that throne, church. It's Christ. Hallelujah. Heaven's going to be filled with Christ. Oh, that's it right there. How big is a lamb in your life? How big is a lamb in your house? Lord, let him become my everything. Let him become my everything. Listen to this. Oh, God help us. How do I get him bigger, Brother T? How does he become more important than me? Amen. This is what John the Baptist said. He said, I must decrease, he must increase. He said that. But Jesus said, if you want to get him bigger, he said, when the comforter has come, who I will send in unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth that proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said, he shall be a witness of me when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many remember the time that Peter denied the Lord? Three times. The Lord said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. You're going to deny me three times. And you know the story that happened. But after the day of Pentecost, he was a different Peter. The lamb became everything to him. He's denying him around that fire that maiden built. That lamb ain't everything to him right now. That Christ is not everything to him. But after the day of Pentecost, I said, after the day of Pentecost, 
Hallelujah. After he was filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't need that. <laughs> okay, you go ahead and say that. We need it. I need it. You, you travel me a little bit. I need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. He don't need me. I need him, Brother Chad. I want to be full of him. Wherever we go, I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That he'll make this Christ real to a lost and a dying world. Hallelujah. He'll build that lamb up. Oh, how big is a lamb in your house? The most important one in your life has got to be the lamb, church. Amen. I like what the psalmist says. He said, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Luke said, Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. That means to enlarge him, to make him big. Oh, glory to God. Thank God it's all about Jesus, folks. About the lamb. Amen. When that, when that death angel comes, he's not looking what you got in the driveway. He's not looking how big your house is. He don't matter what you're driving, what your name is. You better have the blood over the doorpost. Hallelujah. Oh, my daddy's a preacher. That don't make no difference. You better have the blood over the doorpost. I tell Benjamin, I don't care if your daddy's brother Torbert. You better get saved, son. You get filled with the Holy Ghost. You have the blood applied to you. Amen. And he does. Amen. Thank God. I'm telling you. It, oh, when the death angel comes, he's going to find the one that's got the blood over the doorpost of their heart. Oh, God. I know I'm preaching the truth. And I know you're tired on Wednesday night and you didn't want to hear a raging evangelist. Amen. But how big is a lamb in your life? Christ has to be your everything. Amen. I was traveling. <laughs> I, I remember teaching a Sunday school class one day. We, was, I don't know, come through. The last couple of weeks ago, the pastor asked me, I don't know why they do this, but on Saturday night, I'm eating supper with the pastor, and he says, uh, can, you, can you teach Sunday school in the morning? Can you start revival in the morning? <laughs> I mean, I, come give me the Sunday school book 10 minutes before class starts. You ever done that? That's fine. I'm going to have to wing it. You ever heard of that? Wing it. Amen. Oh, you're the, you're the preacher. You know everything. <laughs> but I, I said, what class? He said, it's a teen class. Hmm. That's the burden I got for the teen I said, God, you lining this up, aren't you? I got in that teen class. There were eight young people in that class. And I, I, li I like to pick the brain when I'm teaching. <laughs> when you're that age, you ain't got much brain, but you know. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How many of y'all got teenagers? That, you know, they go brain dead sometimes. <laughs> Hello. You remember when you was a teenager, Brother Marvin? I know when you was a teenager, you was brain dead. <laughs> I got to pick on him. We all were, I can tell you that. I mean, when you get in your pickup truck and you're going down Vider Assembly parking lot and you're just peeling out all the way through the parking lot, not you, I did that. We used to, me and Brother Terry Dowers used to race our trucks in the Vider Assembly parking lot. And then we'd write notes to the girls. And if Brother Clinton knew that, he'd have killed us. But he didn't know it. 
I don't remember which girl we used to write notes to. She liked me. I don't know what that's all about. It wasn't her. <laughs> what was I talking about? I got off the subject. Oh, I'm teaching that teen class. I done, you done woke up. I, I turned 60 a while back, and I know how it feels now. You lose your memory, you know. Well, Brad, your time's coming. But all, all laughing matters aside, I got teaching them young people about revival. I asked them what their greatest need was. What, what are you dealing with right now? And five out of eight of them said, Brother Torben, we're dealing with anxiety. Anxiety. 15 and 16-year-olds. I, I don't remember dealing with that when I was 15 and 16. I was out in the neighborhood or I was running around and I was acting dumb, you know, something like that. But I, I, I don't remember that. And I've seen the video clip of that Asbury revival. Several of them young people were testifying. Sister Brennan and a bunch of them said they had anxiety problems. God delivered them from anxiety problems. I'm going to tell you, when that lamb becomes your everything, he'll deal with that anxiety. He'll get that anxiety out of you. We've dealt with some this week. Amen. No matter what we go through, I got to lift Christ up. He's got to be the biggest thing in my house. You don't know, we don't know what I'm going through, preacher. Lift Christ up. Lift him up. You don't know the depression I deal with. You don't know the problems I deal with. Lift Christ up. That's what I try to do every morning, seeking him, lift him up. What are you struggling with tonight? I can tell you one thing. When they walked out from under that blood that next morning, if they were sick, they were healed. I said, I believe if they were sick, they were healed when they walked out from under that blood that day, that next day. God, let the lamb become my everything. Listen, this ain't about me, this ain't about you, this is about Jesus, folks. When he comes, I want to be ready. I want to have that life cleansed by that blood. Help us tonight, Lord. Won't you stand to your feet tonight? Those young people just burned my heart in that class when I left that class that morning. God did something that revival them young people. They gotta let, they, you got to let them know Jesus is their answer. you got to put him first. Let him have the preeminence in your life. How many agrees with that tonight? I want you to be honest. We're not going to, you know, in Jamaica, they don't, they don't do the bow your head stuff. They don't do that. And we do it out of respect. They're like most home folks here tonight. Amen. How many raise their hands and say, Brother T, I'm dealing with some things right now. I need Christ to help me with. Raise your hand right now. All over the building. He's got to be bigger than what's inside of that heart. It's hard sometimes, isn't it? It's got to be bigger than I want to lift him up. I want him to be built up in my life. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand, I want you to find a place to pray. Come on, church. I know it's Wednesday night, but come and find you a place to pray. Hallelujah. Oh, help us tonight, Lord.
How big is a lamb in your house, in your life tonight? 